Ho, ho, ho. Welcome to Paper Team, a podcast about television writing and becoming a TV writer. I'm Alex Friedman, aka TV Calling. And I'm Jolly Old Saint Nick Watson at <laughs> underscore NJ Watson on uh, festive Twitter. Just to clarify, I wasn't calling you a ho. I just wanted to point that out. And today, as you could tell, we're celebrating the holidays by taking a look back at 2018 for both Paper Team and TV writing, the concept of TV writing, I guess, as well as celebrating you, our fans. But first, we have a bunch of little announcements to make. Yeah, usually we take a look back at the past year, but this time we're going to put our thing down, flip it and reverse it by taking a (laughs) look forward at some cool stuff that we have coming up and some things we have planned. So let's get to it. All right, let's talk about our early 2019 paper team announcements without further ado. So, big announcement, I guess. We are planning on launching a Patreon at the start of next year. We have been kind of scraping by producing this by (laughs) ourselves. Every now and then we've had some great sponsors who have helped us out a little bit, but this is still a lot of work and a lot of cost for us. So, we are hoping to basically open it up to our our good friends and listeners and offer some cool rewards and tiers and exciting incentives to help support our podcast and the episodes we release for you. Yeah, absolutely. We'll announce more on what those rewards are as well as the full details of the patreon in our next episode but just to give you a taste i mean the idea was for us to help subsidize this podcast because obviously the equipment is not cheap the editing is not cheap uh, even the transcripts are not cheap and so we want to do more transcripts we want to even do more live events for you guys so doing a patreon just makes sense especially uh, with a sponsorship which doesn't necessarily cover all our costs so this is really just for us to break even and push the podcast further down the line Right. We are not and never have made any money off of this. At best, we've broken even. And and basically what (laughs) we would want to do is cover the costs and then put everything else towards more content for you guys and more features like the transcripts and live events and mixers and prizes and cool things like that. You know, this for us is a passion project. Absolutely. And so tune in in our next episode for all the details on the Patreon and how you can donate to Paper Team. Also of note is that we're doing at the top of the year in early January, our very first mixer. Yeah, we're going to be doing a live in-person get-together meetup for all of our Paper Teen listeners and fans. If you're in LA or you happen to be in town or passing through, maybe you're going to fly here for it. Who knows? Ooh. But we will be putting on uh, you know, a free event where everyone can show up and mix and mingle and have a drink and some snacks and get to know other aspiring TV writers and working TV writers. Yeah, it's going to be free once again, and it's going to be a, a paper mixer, or a mixer team. Uh, what are we going to call this? Uh, a paper shredder? No, that seems Oof. a little bit violent. Maybe like the paper <laughs> confetti stuff. It all Ooh. mixes around. I don't know. We'll, we'll come up with a good pun for it at some point. I'm sure. Once again, keep an eye out for that as well. And one last thing, as a reminder, we announced it a couple episodes ago, but we will be doing around the middle of the year, the paper team mentorship, where we're going to be following the progress of one of our listeners as they're developing a pilot from pitch all the way to draft and rewriting and potentially taking it out to producers and around town. And to be eligible for that, you need to have been read on the podcast during our Paper Team session. And I'm assuming you're familiar with it. If you're not, you can get all the details at paperteam.co slash teaser, where you can submit a teaser of eight pages or less, any format, 
any genre, as long as it is obviously a TV pilot teaser. Yeah, and make sure you get that in by end of Feb, start of March. I think March 2nd is the cutoff and final deadline for when we'll be taking those teasers so that you have your best chance to be read on air and we can choose our eventual mentorship and winner. And then, you know, instead of those paper tease segments, we're going to be doing the mentorship segments and tracking this particular person all the way through. And I think it's gonna be really fun. That plus the Patreon are sort of the two biggest things we're planning for 2019 to take Paper Team even further. And I'm very excited. I don't know about you, but I'm very excited about those ideas. Absolutely. I think we're, you know, expanding and reaching out and inviting more people into our cozy little TV running circle. Thinking more of a Paper Team universe, if you will, uh, with crossovers. <laughs> paper Team cinematic and, universe, yeah. Yeah, or a televisual universe. <laughs> <laughs> We'll see you guys for Paper Team Infinity War 4, where uh, one of the two of us fades off into existence. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Now that we've covered our basis for the next year, let's take a look back at this past year. 2018 has been very beneficial to us as well as you guys. In fact, we had a lot of feedback throughout the year about our paper tease sessions and how beneficial they were to all the people we gave feedback on their teasers. So we wanted to share a couple of the responses that had been sent through to us about the podcast. And uh, the first one is from Clint Williams, who was one of our uh, paper tease winners. He was actually, I believe, the very first Paper Tease entry to get feedback. Oh, nice. Well, Clint says the following. Dear Alex and Nick, I just wanted to say thanks for the Paper Tease critique of Chattahoochee and the prize of a free month of the Roadmap Writers Premium Writers Network. The webinars so far have been really helpful. I'm polishing my two-page written pitch that I'll be submitting to an industry executive in a couple of weeks, an opportunity I wouldn't have had without you guys. I hope I can buy you both beverages next time I'm in LA. Again, thanks. Well, maybe he can buy us beverages at the mixer if he comes along. I'm never going to say no to uh, free beverages. Hopefully we'll see you there, Clint. But thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And on a similar note, we had an email from Alexander Smith who said, Hey, Alex and Nick, I just wanted to drop you a message to say a huge thank you for reading my Botany Bay teaser and putting so much effort into your thorough and thoughtful notes. I've listened through several times and typed up the takeaways. I'm really encouraged that you enjoy the concept and definitely agree that I should walk the reader through it more clearly. I am British, by the way, with family in Australia. You answered my question regarding opportunities in Melbourne on the show a couple months back, so clearly I'll have to make sure I'm not assuming the reader is familiar with the history and also double-check my use of British slang. Thanks for the heads up. Thank you so much for the feedback and for Paper Team as a resource, guys. I hope I can buy you a coffee when I eventually go to LA. Cheers, Alex. I'm hoping that we can just live off of the free beverages that are being promised to us in these thank you emails. We won't have to buy ourselves things anymore. It'll be great. Victory. <laughs> we'll be TV writing sugar daddies. <laughs> or or no, sugar wait, babies? the other way around. Right, no. TV, TV sugar writing babies. sugar babies. Yeah, we'll sugar be the sugar babies. babies. <laughs> but seriously, though, thank you. Uh, we appreciate that, Alex. And good luck with all that. And similarly, we also got a bunch of tweets from other entries. Entrance. Entrance. I believe is the word. Human yeah. beings. <laughs> Uh, this one's from Reeve Siegel, who was another one of our Paper Tease entrants. And Reeve said, honored to have won the Paper Team July 2018 Paper Tease TV Pilot Teaser Competition. Uh, if you don't listen to the Paper Team podcast, you must add it to your playlist. The best TV writing podcast in the biz. Awesome. Thank you, Reeve. That's that's really high praise. And another awesome tweet that we got from Paper Tease Enterer is from Paul Sprangers. And he said in a tweet, whoa, I'm super excited and grateful and honored to win the Paper Team July 2018 Paper Tease TV Pilot Teaser Competition for my pilot reunion tour. I love the Paper Team podcast and I'm excited to check out Roadmap Riders. Wow. Well, 
Awesome. I'm sure you did by now, but thank you. <laughs> thank you. And here's one from another Paul, Ooh. Paul Poise. And his, he says, thank you so much, TV Calling and NJ Watson, for featuring my writing in this month's paper team competition. Huge fan of the show and compulsive listener. As an immigrant, I'm incredibly inspired by your journeys. Keep up the amazing work. Well, thank you, Paul. Thank you. Absolutely. And lastly, we had Chris Torres, who wrote a big shout out to TV Calling and NJ Watson for the very helpful notes on Migra. I'm rewriting now and the script will be all the better for your insight. Thank you for the win. Anyone who is serious about TV writing should be listening to Paper Team. See, it's not just us saying this, it's other people too. <laughs> no, that's great. I'm really, really glad that everyone got so much out of uh, the feedback we gave on air and then also, you know, the prizes that, that they're winning there. So if you guys want to get in on that sweet, sweet Paper Tease action, remember to go and shoot your teasers in at paperteam.co slash teaser. And we also need to give a shout out to all the people who gave us reviews on iTunes for our podcast, which really helps us get new listeners and bring you guys more content of the podcast. Uh, and one such review that we got was from Brindiana Jones last October, and he wrote this extensive review called, You Want to Write for TV? Listen to this podcast. Please, two big toes up. Uh, thumbs are trope now. Nice. Here's the review. So I just finished binging all of the episodes of this podcast, and I feel like I do when I beat the final boss in a beloved video game or finish the final season of a gripping TV show, Empty Inside. Now what will I listen to on my standard LA commute to and from work? Music? Boring. I mean, I know there'll be another episode soon, but I have to wait how many days? But serious talk. This podcast is jam-packed with useful information for writers who want to know more about the elusive TV writing biz. The flurry of information is well-structured, fantastically edited, and perhaps most importantly, entertaining. Alex and Nick have a great sense of humor, and I often find myself chuckling at their comments while I come to the realization that I missed my exit for work. <laughs> That's how sucked in I get. Anyway, I've learned so much from this podcast. TV writing has been on my mind for a while, but I've never fully committed until I started listening. I realized just how possible it is to be a TV writer if you put in the work, network, and do all of the things, contests, panels, etc. All the guests that Nick and Alex bring on are great. I love hearing everyone's stories of how they got to LA and how they got to be involved in the industry. A solid podcast worth listening to if you've ever wanted to know more about what it takes to be a TV writer. Also, I missed Paper Team Live. I guess I have something else to cry about this week. My <laughs> review is way longer than I intended it to be, but it's because I'm that impressed with this podcast. Also, I hate rewrites. So there. Keep up the great work. Live long and prosper. But also to the reviewers who've dissed this podcast, aka the haters, eat my shorts. Wow. That was probably the most incredible review I've ever gotten. <laughs> I give this review five stars. <laughs> Let's leave our reviews on the review. Uh, that's no, so that's, that's awesome. Thank you so much for really taking the time to uh, dive into all the things that you appreciated about the podcast. It certainly makes us feel like it's all worth our while. So. Yeah, absolutely. And we always appreciate not just reviews, but people listening in, because at the end of the day, none of this would be possible without your participation and your interest in our content because we started this podcast over two and a half years ago now mm -hmm. because we wanted to help people like you and whether you're an aspiring writer or even a professional writer as it stands it's always beneficial to pay forward and help other people along the way absolutely and it's not just the positive feedback that we appreciate hearing we also like your constructive criticism and we had a couple of tweets from jacob or akamatsu creative on twitter a little while ago just regarding the editing of the podcast how perhaps we talked a little bit fast and we were cutting too much air out of the podcast that kind of thing so that it was a little bit rushed and we totally took that on board and appreciated that feedback and he tweeted us again recently saying just listen to the september 24 episode of the paper team podcast and the editing was 1000 percent better 
better. You breathed, you paused, there was space to process things. You guys rock for taking feedback, in my opinion, are even nicer on the ears now. So thank you, Jacob, for being willing to tell us what we can improve on. And I hope that makes the podcast better for everyone. Also, a big shout out to his gif of Ross slowly clapping, which is one of my favorite moments of Friends. (laughs) (laughs) Slow clap gifts are great. I love the uh, the Orson Welles one as well. Yes. So solid. (laughs) Sure. uh, Yeah. Some good gif equity right there. But let's get into an actual review, not of the podcast, but more of a look back at what we did in 2018. And to do that, we need to take a look at what we set out to do at the end of 2017 in our last holiday special, because we had goals that we wanted to accomplish this year. Did we do it? Let's find out. All right. The first goal that we had back in 2017, and you can go back and listen to that episode, uh, the last holiday special and, and check us or New Year's special, whatever it was. PT 71. Mm-hmm. And one thing we really wanted to do was focus more on our social media presence as a podcast. So I would say that was a mixed bag. So some good things that we did with that and some stuff we could still do better at. I think the main thing is that we created a Facebook group. I feel like that's the big takeaway of this year is we were not really present, let's be honest, on Twitter and even on our Facebook pages. That said, we did create this TV calling Facebook group for the 10 year anniversary of my website. And that was, I think, a step forward to cementing our community and bringing people together. Yeah, it's been really cool. I've been able to see some of the discussions going on there and the people posting and asking questions and recognize those names. And then I'll see the names again later when people are shooting us emails for the podcast or reviews or questions or whatever it happens to be. So it's nice to get the kind of recognition that this is our little community. Yeah, and you can access that Facebook group at paperteam.co slash group. And we definitely love to have more of our listeners in there anticipating on those ongoing discussions. But all of that said, I think that we can still be doing a better job of posting our episodes up on social media like Twitter and Facebook and, and promoting stuff around that. And we would really like to encourage anyone, whether it's on Twitter or in that Facebook group, to ask more questions of the episodes and, and interact and discuss certain things. What did you agree with, maybe disagree with, and really promote a really healthy discussion around all of it? Absolutely, because even if we are not proactively sometimes posting those episodes as much as we should, we're still listening to your conversations. And whether it's our listeners asking us questions or asking each other questions, uh, we are reading uh, all these comments and criticism sometimes. So it's good to have Uh, people in those communities, whether it's on Twitter or Facebook, uh, discussing those things. Yeah. And if you enjoyed the episode, we would love if you would share it around as well, you know, retweet it on Twitter or post it on your own Facebook feed, because I'm sure that you have friends who are also interested in TV writing and could be helped out by that as well. Yeah, it's not a zero-sum game, as some may believe. And moving on to our next goal, and that was to invite more guests, but not just more guests, but more big-time guests like showrunners. EPs, executives, and so forth. How did we fare this year? I think we did great on that. I think we've had some really exciting guests this year. We had Tom Ruger, the creator of the Animaniacs. You know, he created my entire childhood of animation. We've had a number of high-level EPs and co-EPs, particularly on our 100th episode. Just in general, I think we've really uh, upped our game. We had Latoya Morgan recently. She's incredible. So when we started out, it was a combination of wanting to give people insight into those lower-level roles and entry-level things, like being an assistant, a PA, and how you can get those jobs and work your way up, because I think it's something that was often overlooked. But now that we're kind of working our way up as well, and that we've grown in the industry and our careers, we have access to some of those bigger names and can 
pull still really interesting stories about how they started from these people and get a sense of what it's really like out there too. So I'm, I'm glad that we've expanded our borders a little bit. Absolutely. And I think the 100th episode slash 100th life panel uh, is kind of the epitome of this idea of bringing people from all levels, because that's what we set out to do with that panel was bringing people from different levels of the writer's room. And I think we succeeded in that way. And at the end of the day, we're trying to find that middle ground between uh, bringing guests on who are very high level like showrunners who can bring in that from the top down experience and their producing experience as well as more lower level you know staff writers people who are moving up in the industry so trying to balance that out is uh, one of our priorities and i think we've once again succeeded most of the time at least another goal that we had set in 2017 was more live events and i think that we absolutely did that too we had another WonderCon panel which was a huge success we got a better time slot we had a bigger room and we had more guests show up for that so I was really excited by that, and I thought it was a fantastic panel. And then we did our 100th episode, which we basically put on entirely by ourselves. We found the venue, we rented it out, we ran the entire thing. So Yeah, and that 100th episode, once again, I think is something that's rarely, if not ever, been done before, uh, because we did two back-to-back panels to showcase both our and comedy rooms. And short of maybe festivals like AFF or the Writers Guild Foundation festivals, I don't believe there's been really that kind of panel ever put on before. So that's kind of a first. Yeah. And we're doing it all kind of independently. You know, this wasn't through the Writers Guild or it wasn't through whatever. So I think that's a pretty big accomplishment and I'm, I'm proud of what we did there. Absolutely. And lastly, I'll just mention something I did mention last year, which was that this year was the 10-year anniversary of TV Calling, which to me means a lot because without TV Calling, I don't think I would be here. Uh, It allowed me to meet a lot of people and also bring forth this idea of passing it forward and uh, helping other writers uh, step up. Yeah, to me, it really reinforces that idea of creating your own value and putting that out into the world and inviting other people into that. If you had never created TV Calling or we had never created this podcast together, I think we would both be in different places in our lives and had a lot less opportunities. And just in terms of other people as well, I think that maybe they wouldn't have grown quite as much or had these kind of learning opportunities as well. I'm I'm getting all misty-eyed now. (laughs) It's the holidays. That's why. (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's nothing to be lost by putting good things out into the world and receiving them back in return. And speaking of paper team in 2018, uh, this is probably the time where Nick would fast forward (laughs) the episode, but we're still going to go through it because I think, at least for me, it's always interesting to look at the stats of the podcast. And some of our listeners do care about that as well. So I did want to quiz you on some things because uh, we seem to always do that in the holidays. If you're not really interested as a listener, you can always skip it because putting in the show notes, the time codes for a section, so you can just skip to the best of 2018 section, uh, spoiler alert. But in the meantime, let's look at some stats. Usually we look at the top five, top 10 most popular episodes of uh, all time. But this year we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to look at the top three most popular episodes of 2018. The ones that we made this year. So Nick, what do you think are our top three most popular 2018 Paper Team episodes? All right, I think that our 100th episode definitely has to be in there, PT100, Evening in the Writer's Room, at least I hope so. And then I would say the other ones that were probably most popular were the Fellowships episode, which was PT85, and maybe it's a toss-up for me between TV Pilot 201, which is PT84, and our uh, character 
case study episode, which was, I believe, PT-72. I think it's going to be out of those two. Interesting. Well, you got two out of the three correct, uh, and the other two picks, one is actually really close behind. Our 100th episode is not in the top three. However, the difference is only roughly about 50 downloads. (laughs) So it's really, really close. Our number three is PT-84 which was a TV pilot 201 episode. Our number two 2018 episode is PT93, which is tips and tricks for TV writing. It's kind of like one of our most evergreen episodes, so to speak. And the number one 2018 episode of Paper Team is PT85, the TV writing fellowship episode. Very interesting. Makes sense. People want to know. So. And just a note for our listeners and for you, Nick, because you're not really a big uh, numbers guy, but I'll tell you that we do have uh, numbers for retention rate, uh, for some retention rate, at least uh, through Apple. And I can tell you that our most listened to on average, the average consumption, which is over 100%, meaning that people listen to it multiple times, right? Because it's over 100% Mm -hmm. a retention rate. Most of them are our 101 and 201 episodes. Uh, So those are clearly uh, the most popular in terms of uh, retention. So that's great to know. Sometimes you got to go back to the basics and just make sure you got it down. Obviously, we'd be remiss not to mention the fact that this year we crossed 100,000 downloads. Right now, we're on track to finish the year over 130,000 downloads. So even in the span of a couple of months, we already increased by 30,000 downloads. Awesome. Uh, and that's all thanks to you guys. Yeah, so. thank you so much. It means a lot. And lastly, since we usually look at the locations that download us the most, which are obviously the US, Canada, Australia, the UK, but this year we got access to Brazil for some reason. Oh, nice. So let me ask you, which areas in Brazil do you think uh, Paper Team is most popular in? Uh, Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo is number one. Yeah. Good job. Is that the capital? No, Rio de Janeiro is the capital, right? Rio de Janeiro is- But Sao Paulo, I think, is the most populous. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Rio de Janeiro is number four. Mm. Uh, Rio Grande do Sul is number two. And Pernambuco is number three. Pardon my pronunciation. There you go. Well, big shout out to our listeners in Brazil. How are you doing? Yeah. Or, uh, como esta? So once again, thank you all, listeners of the world, for listening to Baby Team. But especially Brazil. <laughs> no, we love you all. <laughs> So we've talked about the best of 2018 from a paper team perspective, but let's look at pop culture in of itself. Like last year and the year before it, we give out our favorite things, essentially, of the past year. And as always, we're going to start with our favorite TV shows of 2018 and our favorite dramas, first of all. So Nick, what is your favorite 2018 TV drama? So I'm slightly cheating here because it came out in like December 2017, but I watched it in 2018. So Counterpart on Stars, starring not one, but two J.K. Simmons is, mm. is just such a good show. And I really, really enjoyed that in the last year. And I honestly don't watch a ton of drama. So it's one of the only ones that I took the time to sit down and get through. Do you um, think he gets paid twice the salary because he plays two characters? I hope so. Maybe they negotiated a, a bump Ooh. for that. Who knows? But aside from that, I also enjoyed, I've only seen the first episode of it, but Bodyguard, which was a huge hit in the UK. So I've, I've might want to dig into that a little more yeah too. i did watch all of bodyguard uh, i did appreciate the pilot a lot but i will say that the show didn't really finish the way it started it kind of veered off halfway through into a very different over-the-top thriller which didn't correspond to the initial opening of the show which is this very tense uh, train sequence that lasts essentially most of the pilot it's uh, over 30 minutes i believe so based on the pilot you should continue but then again based on the end probably not 
All right. Well, how about you? What were your favorite dramas this year? Well, I had a, a bunch. Probably my one of my favorite, uh, The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix, uh, mm. which uh, you did not enjoy, but I really appreciated the directing and the production of it. The acting, actually, most of the actors I really enjoyed. I'm not sure if I mentioned it last year, but I really enjoyed the movie Gerald's Game on Netflix that was directed by Mike Flanagan and starring Carla Gugino. And that was a really effective use of framing uh, in a movie, I thought. And once again, Haunting of Hill House, uh, from a director's perspective, I thought was very compelling in the way that Mike Flanagan frames the picture. Now, on a narrative level, I actually really appreciated this lost-ish vibe throughout the show, especially the run of episodes four, five, and six, which are emblematic of what the show has to offer. But I know you have mm -hmm. a different opinion on it. Look, there were things I liked about it. This was one of those shows that was the unfortunate victim of a runaway hype train. And, For uh, you, perhaps. Yeah. No, look, everyone on, on social media was like, oh, my God, this is the best thing I've ever seen. It's the scariest show in the world. And it's blah, 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 blah. So my girlfriend and I sat down and watched through to episode six. Honestly, we were kind of like forcing ourselves at some point because we we're like, I don't really like this. But everyone keeps being like, oh, my God, episode five. Oh, my God, episode six. And there are a lot of things I like about it. Like you said, it's well-directed. I like Mike Flanagan, too. I thought Hosh was a great movie. And visually, it's very interesting and cool. But I just didn't think that like the narrative was entirely there. It was very like roundabout. It took me two or th like three or four episodes to actually understand who each of the characters were. I was like, wait, there's an extra kid in the family now? Who was that? Who's this guy? It was just like a little bit obtuse for me or opaque, I guess. And then the way that they kind of conducted the horror and the tension in the scenes it felt like they were trying to give the audience blue balls. They would constantly like lead up the tension to this moment where it's like something scary is going to happen and then just cut away and like nothing ever happens with it. So Yeah, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, on, on some level, I think horror is very subjective. Uh, so if you're not in that mind frame where you build up that tension and you emotionally empathize with the horror or horrific tension that goes on in the scene, then you're going to be taken out. It's kind of like Hereditary earlier this year, which I really liked, but other people hated, specifically because the last 30 minutes for them were too ridiculous. So I think horror does walk that fine line between being too ridiculous, where nothing happens, and something that's way too real to some people. I think Paranormal Activity is another example of a movie that personally I'm not a huge fan of because I feel like nothing happens in the movie, but a lot of people think that the movie itself is one of the scariest experiences that they've had. Part of it, I do believe, is tied to how you watch the show. If you watch it, you know, alone at night by yourself and you see the tall man walk into that child's bedroom at night, I think that's scarier than just watching it in the middle of the day while you eat popcorn. Look, I understand that horror is subjective and it's really hard to hit that sweet spot for everyone. But I think perhaps if I hadn't seen it hyped up as like, this is the best thing since sliced bread, I would have come into it with much more reasonable expectations and walked away less disappointed by that. Um, but overall, I just thought it was like, just fine. So yeah, fair enough. What else did you enjoy this year? Uh, the other shows I enjoyed this year, obviously Killing Eve. I think we brought it up during our Emmys uh, discussion. Uh, that was probably my other favorite show uh, this year. I just thought that they subverted expectations, not to talk about Last Jedi again, but they actually subverted expectations and leaned into things that were surprising uh, to the audience. The other show I will mention is The Good Fight. I'm a huge, huge fan of The Good Wife. I've talked about it on the podcast a lot. And The Good Fight does deliver and 
offers something unique that I think The Good Fight didn't, in that while The Good Wife was very much about the time of the Obama era, The Good Fight is about the Trump era, and really, I think, vocalizes and showcases uh, what it feels like to live in this era, which is kind of a unique experience. The other shows that do that, obviously, are Handmaid's Tale and Man in High Castle, but both of those are very much this dystopic picture, whereas The Good Fight is really about putting yourself in the mind of this leftist group of people that are forced to reevaluate everything they've believed in about the country that they love, which, you know, is an interesting perspective. Yeah, fantastic. But let's move away from drama for a second and talk about the favorite comedies of 2018 for you. Yeah, so a big one for me this year was Big Mouth. It's one of those shows that everyone had been recommending and I'd never quite gotten around to it, but I finally sat down and started watching it and really, really loved it. I obviously am a huge animation fan. I'm an animation writer, so I love the kind of stuff they were doing with it. They have these great like musical numbers in there. The voice cast are all incredible. And it's just a very well-imagined and realized show. I think that they do stuff that that really takes advantage of the medium of animation. You know, they're trying to depict what it's like going through puberty as a 12, 13 year old kid and using that kind of magical realism and, and ridiculousness with animation to its full effect. So I think it's really just great to show. I'll have to check it out because I love the cast uh, behind the camera. So that's definitely a show that's on my list. Uh, for me, the favorite sort of comedy, if I can call it that of the year was Barry on HBO. And honestly, it's halfway between a drama and comedy. And in fact, some of the writers like Les Arnoff are coming from a drama world. And I think that show is a testament to this era that we're in where the boundaries between what is a comedy and what is a drama are disappearing. Uh, recently, we had Homecoming on Amazon, which is a half-hour drama, straight up. Sam Esmail, you know, directed that, produced it. It's very much a drama, unlike Barry, which does, you know, tread the line between a comedy and a drama. Yeah, uh, you're rarely laughing out loud at what's going on in yeah. Barry, but it's it's such, you know, in the way that Coen Brothers is comedy, these, these things are happening and it's a funny heightened situation. It's kind of, you know, absurd, but it, it is a really great show. I love Barry as well. Absolutely. And I'll give a shout out, even though it's not really a show, to the Flight of the Concords special that aired a couple of months ago on HBO. I'm a huge fan of Fly the Concord. I saw them in concert a couple of years ago. They demoed new songs at that Hollywood Bowl concert that they then played in this London special, which uh, I thought was very interesting. Oh, that's cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to what we do in the shadows coming up. Absolutely. I think that's going to be great. They're all amazing. Um, Let's move on to favorite episodes. What was your favorite drama episode of the year? One or both of us have mentioned this episode before on the podcast at some point, but I really loved episode seven of season one of Counterpart called The Sincerest Form of Flattery. Uh, I don't want to give away necessarily the big spoiler, but there's a huge reveal in the the series. And it's just one of those episodes where it kind of like takes a little divergence from the main cast and the main storyline to give us a view into this other side of things in this world and then understand how it all comes in pieces together. And we see a different side of something. And it's just very, very well done. I'll- 100% echo what Nick just said. Episode seven of Counterpart in of itself is probably the best, if not one of the best episodes of TV I've seen over the past decade. It's really fantastic. For me, uh, I'll once again bring up Hill House. I know you hate that show for some reason, but uh, the sixth episode of Hill House, uh, just from a technical perspective, uh, three 
extremely complicated long shots. It plays out like a play. Uh, I thought that was really compelling. I'll mention the ending of episode five of Hell House, which I think is one of the most uh, WTF endings of a show I've seen recently. Carnipart, Nick, you just brought up. Westworld also had a couple of really, really strong uh, episodes, even though the show is hit or miss, if we're being honest. This season had very specific uh, standalone episodes. And this is something that we both uh, talked about in our sort of episodic thoughts on, you know, the way TV is evolving. But uh, it's something that the leftovers did really well, where they give this serialized tapestry across the season, but then they tend to do singular episodes focused on a very specific character, uh, kind of like that counterpart episode again. Uh, and Westworld did learn from that, I believe, because a couple of their great episodes like Kiksuya, which is episode eight, is just fantastic. Yeah. yeah, as much as I had my issues with Hill House, I did think that, you know, technically 106 was a very well-directed episode and the 105 ending was pretty great too. So I understand the the uh, the, the shout-outs right there. All right, so what about our favorite comedy episodes for the year? What did you love from 2018? My favorite episode is also from Barry. Uh, it's chapter seven, Loud, Fast, and Keep Going, written by Liz Sarnoff. How ironic that my favorite episode of comedy this year was written by a drama writer. <laughs> uh, it's really fantastic uh, in every way, shape, or form. That ending is probably one of the most gut-wrenching endings I've seen since Breaking Bad. It truly is magnificent. Yeah, that's a brilliant one, too. I love that. For me, I think my favorite episode of TV this year, and possibly, you know, it's in my top five of all time, <laughs> is BoJack, season five, episode six, Free Churro. This is one where he is, I guess, slight spoiler alert. I don't know. I think it doesn't give too much away, but is standing at the funeral of his mother and giving a eulogy for the entirety of the episode. And it's just basically close on Bojack as he talks and talks and tells these stories. It's basically like a one-man play, but the way that they manage to capture your attention and weave these narratives and reveal character and interplay stuff is just incredible and a great little payoff at the end. Aside from that, I wanted to give a shout out to The Good Place. I feel like we we keep beating the dead horse of The Good Place. Oh, well, it's not even dead. Beating the live and kicking horse of The Good Place over and over again uh, about how good it is. But there was one episode this season called Donkey Doug. Oh, so good. <laughs> and that's uh, just incredible. This show keeps uh, exceeding expectations. Uh, speaking of the opposite of The Good Place, what is your favorite show that we've never heard of before? So here's a little one that I, I definitely expect no one here has ever heard of, but there is a kids animation show called Bluey in Australia, and it's for like preschool, basically. It's about this family of blue healers who live in Queensland in Australia, and it's just very cute, very well done. I'm slightly biased because I wrote a freelance episode for it for the season two, and season one's out now on a, sh a network called ABC Kids in Australia, and it really is just very inventive and fun, and uh, people seem to be loving it. So if you have kids or if you're interested in animation for kids, you should uh, try to find a way to, to watch that. Wait a minute. Are we allowed to plug our own shows on this podcast? <laughs> All right. Yes. After Corbin, greatest drama. Okay. Well, for me, I'll have to mention Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Now, I feel like some people by now have heard of the show, potentially because of the viral clip of Ten France and uh, Hassan doing a little bit of clothing shopping. I don't know if you saw it. Yes, I did. I thought it was really great. And it's, you know, it's just... I think they mention it in the clip, but it's just like rare to see two men of Indian Pakistani descent there talking about their culture and their lives and their world on screen. And, you know, it's, it's rare to, you know, to actually have an insight into that and just allow these people to have the center stage and not everything just be about white people. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll mention specifically Patriot Act because I do think 
It is genuinely a great show. It's very different stylistically from all those last week tonight-ish late night political shows where they do dig into deep issues. But in terms of the format, it's essentially stand-up because you have Hassan in the middle of this very high-tech stage doing a deep dive into a topic, whether it's Amazon, whether it's oil, or whether it's Saudi Arabia, akin to what last week tonight did on HBO. But it pushes things a little bit further because I don't think it relies on just funny quips as much. So I definitely recommend people check it out if they haven't yet. And hopefully uh, more people watch it because I do think it can become an even greater resource than uh, Last Week Tonight did. Yeah, I've been meaning to check that one out uh, every time I drive past the billboard on Highland there. And, you know, it's unique because it is like a late night show, but it's, it's on Netflix and they release it one every week. So I think that maybe it's gone unnoticed by some people because of that. But I think it's, you know, one that I definitely plan on checking out and hopefully other people will too. What about moving on to music and audiovisual entertainment? Uh, what's your favorite album this year? This year, I'll have to give a shout out to Prince George's Airborne EP. I'm a huge fan of Prince George. I was very, very happy that they released a new album this year uh, because it's been a, a while since they did. I believe they're from Maryland. I really like their poppy upbeat music, and it has this emotional melancholy to it that really draws you in. Nice. Yeah, for me, uh, similar, I guess, kind of thing, um, less poppy, perhaps. But Glenn Hansard is a favorite artist of mine. He is an Irish singer-songwriter. He was in a band called The Frames for many years. He was in that movie Once, which won an Oscar for the original song. And he has been doing solo stuff for the last however many years now. And he's just a very great kind of like folk, acoustic, alternative artist and uh, bluesy, too. This one, this particular album is a little bit bluesy. It's called Between Two Shores. So if you're into all that kind of thing, I definitely, you know, you'd like bands like City and Color and all this kind of acoustic rock blues folk stuff, uh, check them out. Not to be confused with Between Two Ferns. <laughs> no, very different. What about movies? Weirdly, I haven't seen a ton of movies this year, maybe because I canceled my movie pass when it was imploding. <laughs> and, uh, you know, nothing's really, I mean, I joined the Television Academy film group. And so there are screenings every weekend. It's just nothing's really drawn me out a ton this year. But one that I did watch recently that I did quite enjoy, it has its issues. But overall, I, I really enjoyed A Star is Born. I thought that the directing was great from Bradley Cooper. I was surprised by the strength of the performance from Lady Gaga. And I think that it did tell a really compelling character drama. Yes, there are are issues and waffling and whatever with the story itself and how it ends and that kind of thing. But this is the kind of story that's been remade four times now. Yeah. And I think that this is a really good modern reimagining of it. I have not seen it yet, so uh, no comment. Uh, my movie so far, uh, favorite movie of the year, has got to be Infinity War, uh, Little One. <laughs> uh, no, really, it, it was just this combination of a decade-long universe building that you've only really seen on TV before. No movie uh, franchise has really done what Marvel did uh, with those characters. And I think as a fan of those characters uh, and of those movies and those comics, it really delivered in every way, shape, or form, at least for me. You know, it dragged down a little bit, maybe around the Thor aspect. But regardless, I thought the ending was probably one of the gutsiest way to end uh, uh, such a big franchise. Uh, oh, totally. Because... 
What's that? Totally, totally, yeah. Yeah, because you have to remember, kids in those seats don't think of it as like a meta, oh, well, there's going to be a sequel next year. So obviously they're alive. They're actually living and breathing with those characters. So seeing all those people like Spider-Man, uh, spoiler alert, uh, die is really uh, heart-wrenching for them. So I got to give it up to Marvel uh, for that move. Now, with that said, Oscar season is creeping up as we record this episode. So maybe there's going to be some great movies. I'm very excited for Widows um, yeah, to come out. So we shall see. Yeah, no, I agree that I love the gutsiness of the ending of Infinity War in the same way that I appreciate that about Rogue One. You know, just having the the creative courage to make those kind of moves, I think, is really admirable. What about a favorite book? Those those old things where they print mm. physical words on on paper. I don't I, I don't think I've heard of those. Uh, no, <laughs> uh, my favorite book of the year is probably although it wasn't published this year. I think it's a couple of years old at least. It's called The Hidden Life of Trees: What They Feel, How They Communicate, Discoveries from a Secret World by Peter and I'm going to butcher this name Willoughby and. This book was recommended to me by uh, one of the EPs on my show, and it is absolutely fantastic. It is this deep dive, intimate look at the true secret life of trees. It really gives you a different perspective on how they behave and how they communicate with one another. It's uh, very much human-like. Is it a lot like The Happening with Mark Wahlberg? (laughs) No, because it's actually good. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think uh, Gary Sunt recommended this book to me at the time he was telling me about it, and I thought he was crazy, but maybe it is actually good. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that you take my advice more than Gary. (laughs) No, no, it's just like now I have multiple sources telling Uh, me that this this very interesting sounding book is good. (laughs) I mean, for me, and I've probably said this before too, but my great shame is that I I haven't really read books and novels for a while. I'm mostly spending a lot of my time reading scripts and watching visual content occasionally reading graphic novels or listening to audiobooks, but I just haven't been finding the time to dive into physical books. That said, I did start reading a book called Thrawn by Ooh. Timothy Zahn, which is a prequel to my favorite series of the Star Wars Extended Universe novels, the Thrawn trilogy uh, that I read back in the day. This is kind of like Grand Admiral Thrawn's life before all of the events of those books. So I'm excited to finish that. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to fold Thrawn in at some point. They have they, to. They, they must. He's already canon in the Clone yeah. Wars or the Rebels or whatever it is. So I'm excited about that. Keep an eye out for Han Solo 2, Thrawn Edition. (laughs) And who was your favorite guest that we had on Paper Team this year in 2018? Ooh, there were so many. I'll have to give a shout out to LaToya Morgan on our PT111, 111 episode. Uh, She was just fantastic. And she has such a unique experience. And she moved up so fast and rightfully for her. Like She is dominating this uh, industry in a way that a few people have. So kudos to her. And she shares a lot of uh, crucial advice in that episode about building a sustaining career as a TV writer, which is obviously very hard to do. Yeah, that was a fantastic episode, and that was definitely uh, one of my picks, too. But just personally, for me, my favorite guest this year was Tom Ruger, animation showrunner, creator, superstar. He created the Animaniacs, uh, Freakazoid. Uh, he was a producer on the Batman animated series, you name it. So I, just as an animation writer, really loved listening to his stories and how that all kind of came about in the day. You know, his stories about pitching to Steven Spielberg and getting his first job at Hanna-Barbera from a hotel <laughs> where a lady of the night was handing him the payphone. So. Yeah, I think we highlighted the very specific moment uh, (laughs) clip in our uh, 99th episode retrospective yeah so that was great check that one out if you haven't listened to it already same with the latoya one yeah and what about your favorite traditional paper team episode you know when it's just us two over i guess some eggnog or a diet snapple (laughs) what was your favorite 2018 quote-unquote standard episode 
probably analyzing great TV characters. So this was very much at the start of the year, January 8th, uh, PT72. We did a deep dive into some of our favorite characters. I think we did Michael from The Good Place. We did David Palmer. We did a bunch of cool folks. And I think it was cool just to just delve into their psyches and see what makes them an entertaining and, and intriguing character on our screens. But I have to also give a shout out to Tips and Tricks, PT93. I think that is just, like you said, a very solid evergreen episode that you can always go back to and troubleshoot the issues you're having with your script. How about yourself? Yeah, I will echo once again the Tips and Tricks episode. That was such a fantastic episode. There were a lot of really strong standalone episodes, I feel like, this year. Uh, particularly all the 201 follow-ups that we did, like the Spec 201, that PT-79 Pilot 201, that's PT-84 TVR's Representation 201, that's 108. I know it's a lot of numbers, but uh, for the show notes, it helps uh, that they're all listed there. I particularly enjoyed the Rewriting Your TV Script episode, which is PT-90, that we got a lot of feedback on positive feedback, uh, because I think it's a topic that's uh, rarely touched upon uh, when it comes to TV writing specifically, this idea of rewriting, because you'll be doing a lot of rewriting, or you will be rewritten a lot, one or the other, or both. So I think we really delved deep into that topic, and I'm very happy that we sort of dedicated an entire episode just on that issue. Yeah, that was a great episode. So we're going to be doing some 301s next year, some, some, some advanced level classes in each of these topics, so we'll have to see. We'll have to wait and see. I'm excited. Let's move on to uh, our preparation for 2019. We already brought up at the top of this episode everything we want to do in terms of Mixer, Patreon, Paper Team Mentorship. But what are some goals that we want to set out to do for this year? So recapping our goal from last year, I just really want to make sure we're posting our episodes regularly on social media, Twitter, Facebook, that kind of thing, and promoting those discussions and really engaging all of our audience as much as possible. Yeah, and on a similar turn of thought, uh, we do want to expand our audience and not just to lower levels, aspiring writers, but working professionals in the same way that other podcasts in our niche uh, reach out and our references to their industry. I think that we have the potential to be that the next class. And I think we want to bring in people like the guild members and representatives from uh, different organizations to really speak out to issues that are pertaining directly to our industry. Totally. And of course, that means we're not going to lose sight of our original goal of helping aspiring writers get in on that ground level. But those episodes are there now for people to always go back to. And, you know, the whole idea was always to kind of track our journey as well as writers from people who started out not being staffed and not being kind of as directly in the mix of things and seeing how we kind of grow as writers so that you can, you know, have a similar journey yourself. So I think that's going to be an important goal. And one more little thing that we've been thinking about, tossing around some ideas from, maybe this will come with the Patreon, or maybe we'll just open up the floodgates, but maybe some paper team merchandise, some mugs, some shirts, uh, some, I don't know, brass pads, stickers. Brass pads. Uh, what about a giant Brad with the paper team logo on it and the size of a table I'm talking? Well, that'll be great for my giant scripts that I oh. need to Brad. <laughs> but not? yeah, if you have any ideas for, for merchandise that you'd like to see from paper team, you should uh, definitely send us an email about that. If you know you want to rock a PT shirt at the next <laughs> Austin Film Festival or something like that, we'll give uh, the script notes guys a run for their money. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're also thinking of merchandise that is useful to people. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, clothing is useful by definition, but something that writers and TV writers would want to use on a daily basis and not just a, a cheap thing that's just branded with our yeah. name on it. Maybe like an egg timer or something mm -hmm. for your writing sprints or whatever it happens to be. So tune in for that. <laughs> Since it is the holiday season, like it is customary for us to do, we are now going to do our little gift exchange. Also, it's our birthday week. So that's true. Yeah. 
doubling uh, up. Unlike other podcasts, we were first. It's <laughs> 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 special. Hashtag shade. All right. But uh, since I also have haste, I'll go first with my gift <laughs> that is small in stature, but mighty in power. Ooh, all right. I wonder if that was a little clue as to what this might be. Or maybe it was just an unrelated nerd in joke. <laughs> I'm gonna, oh, we can do some ASMR and pop some bubbles for you guys. Oh. Hey, while we just talk really quietly. Wow. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it look, oh, my God. This is actually really cool. So this appears to be a Magic the Gathering life counter, which is crafted out of wood. And you can kind of set your, oh, wow, that's super cool. You can set your life total and uh, all these like little gears move around. And each of the gears look like the different colors of of magic. Uh, so that is pretty damn awesome. And I'm going to be using this. So thank you, Alex. Of course. All right. No. I'm glad that it works because I did not open the gift when I received <laughs> it. So I'm glad to see the gears move. I was a little bit worried about that. Uh, and here's my gift. And oh. this time I actually did kind of get a nice little bag for it. But in my usual fashion, I think in previous years, I have wrapped stuff up in Ralph's grocery bags. <laughs> Instead of getting like a nice like tissue paper, I have used Starbucks napkins to uh, obscure the <laughs> gift so that he doesn't see it too early. So <laughs> All right, let's see. Ooh, this this one is big. It's a huge uh, bag of is that your gift? Or just the balloon bag? Just the bag. Just that's right, it. Let's let's see what it's inside. <laughs> actually obscured by napkins. <laughs> Hold on, now we gotta. Oh, oh my! All right, hold on, we gotta stop for a second. <laughs> oh my god, is that is that a Star Trek robe? Yes, it is a <laughs> a, a bathrobe in the the Star Trek colors. I am fully engaged right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Alex's excitement is at warp speed nine right now. Oh boy, this is beautiful. Thank you. Of this course, thank you. Oh my, I think we both know our nerddoms pretty well by now. <laughs> hopefully it uh i mean it's not like a robe can't fit you just wrap it around yourself but <laughs> hopefully it's suitable then i can pretend to be william shatner <laughs> <laughs> yeah they had like the options of the different colors so hopefully you know i, I figured you for a, a captain or <laughs> and on that note we would like to thank you listeners for investing your time listening to us ramble on for two and a half years as well as everyone that helped us this past year with our podcast and at all our events yeah, we want to thank Alex Switsky, our stalwart editor, who does a fantastic job of bringing the podcast to you in a coherent fashion. We want to thank everyone who helped with our live events. So that's Alex Switsky again. He was down there on the ground running things for us, which we really appreciate, as well as uh, Tiffany and Renee, who were uh, in charge of the venue and the tech side of things over there. They did a fantastic job on, on episode 100. We want to thank Nick, who was taking photographs for us at the time. Um, you? Did you just no, double yourself? Dif different Nick. Different Nick. Okay. Uh, he was our photographer for the event. And also thank all of the people who organize and facilitate WonderCon for uh, the panel that we had there. That really, really went well. We also want to thank our sponsor for this year, our Roadmap Riders, uh, and specifically Jorge and Joey, who really helped us bring and bridge that gap. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to also thank Hilliard Guess, who was a previous guest of ours and a friend. And he has a great podcast called Screenwriters Rant Room, which you should be listening to. And he very often gives a shout out to Paper Team on his podcast. To absolutely. Send people that way. So thank you, Hilliard. And all listeners should absolutely check out his one as well. Yeah, he's fantastic. And he was also a guest on our 100th episode panel. So check that out as well. 
And lastly, we want to thank you once again, because without you, we would not, maybe not not exist, uh, because I think we're human beings, but at least- Unless our mothers are listening now, in which case, that is absolutely true. That's, (laughs) and our dads as well, but either way, unless we're talking Thanos here, uh, without you, Paper Team would not exist. So without your listenership, we would not be here. Yeah, genuinely, thank you so, so much for for tuning in all this time. And we hope you stick around and continue this journey with us. And you can get all the show notes for this very special holiday episode at paperteam.co slash 116. We'd love for you to leave us some reviews. You can do that at paperteam.co slash iTunes and help attract more listeners and build our great little paper team community. And if you write awesome ones, we'll also read them on air if you want to. As always, I'm on Twitter at TV Calling. I'm at underscore NJ Watson. If you have any thoughts, feedback, questions, or ideas for future episodes, you can send them to ask at paperteam.co. And next week, well, we're actually off for both Christmas and New Year's Eve, but we will be back Monday, January 7th with our brand new episode on the TV formula and this idea of building an engine for your show. Yeah, that's going to be an important one. And hopefully we'll also have some more uh, details for you guys about the Patreon and the Mixer and all of that then. Great. We'll see you in three weeks. See you then. And happy new year. Happy new year to you.